the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Those things may be true, but that's not what makes you a follower of Christ. God chose the lowly things of this world. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Good morning, church. I just, I've got to tell you, I love church, and I love the local church, and I love our expression of the Lord's local church, Mission Hill. Would you just give God praise for what he's doing in his church? Take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to John chapter 4. We're going to look at the end of one of the most familiar stories in the life and ministry of Jesus. You're going to be very aware of this story when we get to that in just a few minutes. But we're continuing this series called You Asked For It. And some of these I wish you wouldn't have asked for it because they've been hard topics. Today is no different because today we're dealing with this subject of artificial intelligence. I'm not even sure I fully understand what that means. So we're going to navigate that and and see how do we as followers of Jesus even talk about an issue like this and why should we? But let's go way back to to get us started. When I was growing up as a child, I dreamed of a future that was filled with robots, with driverless cars, and with machines you could talk to. And when I was a child, that future was epitomized in a silly cartoon called The Jetsons. That's that's right. Some of you remember The Jetsons. Uh, He's George Jetson, his wife. I mean, you know the the whole thing. And, And now we've kind of progressed. And I saw this happening. As I was growing up, the the Pictures became a little more graphic, and and it got a little more intense because Arnold Schwarzenegger appeared on the scene as the Terminator, and he was no George Jetson. I mean, things were changing as we began to think about the future. But now the future's here, and it's kind of shocking, isn't it? Because we live in a future where robots do, in fact, clean our houses, at least maybe our floors. You've got one of those little robot vacuum cleaners that goes around. And, and, and the truth is, cars are becoming driverless. Yeah, I would have never thought it would be the case, but that, that's happening. And thanks to Alexa and Siri, these two ladies, I mean, we talk to machines and they talk back to us. Sometimes we don't even mean to talk to them, but they, they respond. All of this artificial intelligence. 
We're living in the dawning of a new age. And so some would ask, is this a sign of the ends of the times? I mean, you may, you may go to some churches and, and that's the focus that you get. You, you turn to places like Matthew 24 and you hear the words of Jesus where he talks about things changing and you think this is the end. And others may just say, hey, you got to watch out in, in such a way that, man, the machines are going to take over. The, the robots are going to be in charge. Is this something we should fear? I've got to just pause and remind you, there's a short answer to that question. Here it is. No. We know that because the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 1, 7, God's not given us a spirit of what? Fear, Fear or of timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline, or as I learned that verse as a child, of a sound mind. So, so you've got to think then, what is our response? And so all these issues we've dealt with, we've said, we want to take God's word and look at everything we see in this word through the world through the filter of God's word. I want a biblical response to the things that are very real things that I face in this world. And, and as I read God's word, I, I certainly find out that the, the Christ followers should not be afraid, but we must be aware we don't put our heads in the sand. We don't just hang out in our holy huddles and, and, and pretend that the world's not changing and that there aren't challenges around us. So that's why we're going to talk about this today. And I kind of want to introduce the issue to you, uh, give you some biblical principles that affect a lot of different things in our lives, and then come back to this very familiar story. But, but first, let's define this, because maybe you're like me. You just need to, okay, what really is this thing called AI, artificial intelligence? And here it is. This is the dictionary definition. It's the theory and development of computer systems able to perform tasks that normally require human intelligence, such as visual perception speech recognition decision making and translation between languages artificial intelligence so i mentioned alexa and so in our house we have these crazy little things and uh, you can talk to alexa and you can say things like alexa what time is it and this lady tells me what time it is and uh, then i can say alexa what's the weather going to be today and She'll tell me the weather. And if I had it hooked up, I could say, Alexa, turn the thermostat down to, well, actually, so that I can pay my bill. Turn it up to 79 degrees. <laughs> I mean, this artificial intelligence out of this little box in every room in my house. Or you could take the iPhone and, uh, matter of fact, your iPhone's going to open up because it's going to have your face recognition that's artificial intelligence and, and you could say siri what time is it oh just kidding don't do that right now okay so i i want you to understand this is all over our world it's used in those even robotic vacuum cleaners some of you have did you know some of those have cameras in them and and they're mapping out that area around your house so that they don't bump into the same pieces of furniture and if you're not careful you're going to open social media and you're going to see some curtains or some furniture that would fit just right in your house. If you don't believe that happens, some of you are on Facebook and, and, and so you walked around the house this week saying, I don't know what I've done to my back, but my back hurts. I think I, I need to get some help. And then you open Facebook and all of a sudden there were these ads for help for your back pain. Artificial intelligence all around us. 
Some have even turned to artificial intelligence for church. Did you know that 300 people showed up at a town in Germany back in June? There was a 40-minute sermon that included text generated by OpenAI's ChatGPT. There was a chat bot that was on the screen. There were avatars. Is this where we're headed? Am I going to be out of a job just like all the cashiers at Target and Walmart? Is that what's happening? What do we do with artificial intelligence? Elon Musk is a name a lot of us know in technology. He says it's a very double-edged sword. There's a strong probability it will make life much better and that we'll have an age of abundance. And there's some chance that it goes wrong and it destroys humanity. (laughs) How's that for a bleak outlook? But the CEO of OpenAI, the company that designed the program, ChatGPT, we'll talk about in a moment. He said the challenge that the world has is how we're going to manage those risks and make sure we still get to enjoy those tremendous benefits. No one wants to destroy the world. This was kind of the fear that C.S. Lewis had many years ago when he said, could it be that the final triumph of science will result in the abolition of mankind. I don't think that's going to be the case. But I do think we have to be careful, just like the people in Louisville, Kentucky this week. Did you hear about this? The school system in Louisville, they bought a new AI program to design their bus stops for all of the children. And so they threw out the window everything they'd used in the past, and they had this new artificial intelligence There was only one problem. On the first day of school, it caused bus drivers to drop children off in the middle of nowhere. Apparently, the bus drivers didn't even notice that there were no homes around. They stranded children. Some didn't get home till after dark because of all the problems that were caused. Louisville had to cancel school for all of last week. Artificial intelligence, not so smart on that one. Reality is... Regardless of how it affects our future, Christ's followers are living in this world. We've got to think about what does it mean to us. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now... We continue with our message. I've been blessed on a few occasions to meet John Lennox. He may be the smartest mathematician in the world. He's an Oxford scholar. He's written a number of books, but he, he wrote this little book called 2084, taking off of George Orwell's book, 1984. And he talks about the impact of artificial intelligence on people of faith and And even how we think about end times, you may find that interesting if you want a a deeper dive. I mentioned ChatGPT a a little bit ago. Are you familiar with that? Let me see your hands if you're familiar with ChatGPT. Okay, this is an amazing thing. I I thought about illustrating it, but then thought, no, let's not do that. Um, You can, 
this afternoon, go on your computer, your iPod, your, um, your iPad. You can pull up ChatGPT program, and you could, in a text box, ask it to do anything. For example, this morning about 6, I said this. I said, um, write a sermon on artificial intelligence. Five seconds. It, it gave a detailed, outlined sermon. That's not what I'm sharing with you. <laughs> but if you'd like that one better, I can email it later this afternoon. I, I did then ask ChatGPT this question. I said, what is the one thing I need to know about AI? This is how it answered. Again, in like two seconds. The one thing you need to know about AI is that it's a tool created by humans to replicate certain aspects of human intelligence and decision-making through machines and algorithms. AI can perform tasks that typically require human intelligence, such as problem-solving, language understanding, pattern recognition, and decision-making. However, AI lacks consciousness, emotions, and moral reasoning, which are intrinsic to human beings. And, and therein lies the truth that I really want you to understand today as, as you navigate this new world in which we find ourselves. We learned last week that everybody you see, everyone you'll ever meet, every human ever born is created in the image of who? God. The same cannot be said of this device or of your computer. The truth is, as those of us who have the Imago Dei imprinted upon our life, the image of God, we're different. There's something special of us. This artificial intelligence will always fall short, though there are ways that it can be helpful in our lives. So let me just give you a, a couple of biblical principles before we get to our, our core story today. Number one, I want to remind you that every good thing that you ever encounter in life, every good thing, say every good thing, every good thing, every good thing ultimately comes from God. So you recognize that. Several months ago, Anai and I were sitting in our house, and, and, and I said, I want to show you something. And so I went to ChatGPT, and I, I, I typed in something like this. I said, write a story about this little girl, Anaya, who was adopted by the Purvis family. And again, in like five seconds, it, it gives us this great story that, that I could read and it was entertaining. I mean, there are fun things that you can do that you can learn. In fact, a, a U.S. senator used AI recently to mimic his own voice and to give a speech as an illustration of, of kind of the capacity that these things have. They're good things. In, in any area of society, I think you should look for those good things, but you should always remember, if you've got something good, it ultimately came from the Lord. We're so blessed to be a couple of miles away from one of the best cancer centers in the country. I'm so thankful for the doctors and nurses, the administrators that work at Moffitt and, and all of our other hospitals, but I, I want you to know this, while we're living in an age where technology is advancing and we're cures for some diseases that we never thought of are becoming more hopeful. The truth is, even in those kind of settings, we have to look and say anything good that we have ultimately comes from God. And the reason we know that is because of what James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. So here's what we know. In changing times, we have a God who never changes 
And God is good, and God does good. So if we experience good things in life, we point to God. Got it? All right, here's a second principle. All truth is God's truth. All truth is God's truth. I think it's Augustine that first said that many, many years ago, but it's a biblical principle because we're reminded that Jesus simply referred to himself as truth. You remember that, right, John 14, 6? Jesus answered and said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So just like we said, if you've got something good in life, you know ultimately that came from God. If you experience something that is true, then that's God's truth. It's not going to be contrary to his word. Remember, that's the filter through which we examine everything in life. If it's contrary to God's word, then it's not truth. If it is true, it's going to be consistent with the word of God. But there's a third thing, and this is where this gets practical. It's always right to do right. Martin Luther King Jr. is one of the folks that said that throughout history. But that, too, is a biblical principle. For example, in James 4, 17, it says, If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's a sin. In other words, if you know what's right to do and you don't do right, then you're wrong. Or maybe you're familiar with Colossians three seventeen, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Well, so how, how do we apply this? That means something like artificial intelligence. <laughs> there could be some challenges. Our oldest son teaches high school English. You know, he tells me that he actually now has a program that he can run papers through to tell the probability of whether or not a student has used chat GPT or another artificial intelligence program to write the paper for them. Did you hear that, students? Don't do it. <laughs> You're going to get found out. What you cover, he'll one day uncover. Hey, so be careful. It's always right to do right. Just like, for good, bad, or indifferent, this pastor doesn't preach somebody else's sermons and proclaim to have a word from God. It would be wrong for me to just say, I'm going to get up at 6 in the morning and tell ChatGPT to write me a good sermon for the people of Mission Hill today. It's always right to do right. That's true with artificial intelligence, but it's true in any area of your life. I was thinking about this, and I, I thought about how we've approached all these issues. And so I asked, is, is there a Jesus story in Scripture where, where Jesus comes in contact with somebody who discovers there's one who has greater knowledge than they do? Well, of course the answer is yes. Everybody Jesus came in contact with discovered that. But I was immediately drawn to the woman at the well. Remember that story? I told you it's one of the most familiar. It's in John chapter 4. Jesus, the Bible says, had to go through Samaria. He had to go there because he had a divine appointment with this woman. And so Jesus finds himself thirsty and at a well where this Samaritan woman walks up and they begin a conversation. Now this is odd for a lot of reasons. It's odd that Jesus, a rabbi, would be talking to this non-Jewish woman. It's odd that this man would be talking to this woman. It's odd that this person who's of the children of Israel would be talking to this Samaritan. But see, that's what God does, doesn't he? He, he regularly bridges the gaps that, that we think can't be bridged. 
And so you find Jesus in this conversation. This lady comes up. She says, I'm thirsty. And Jesus says something like this. Well, hey, if you really knew who I was, you wouldn't be asking for water from that well. You'd be asking me for the water that's alive, that changes your life. I'm sure she still didn't understand, but she said, yeah, give me some of that. I I want some of that water. And Jesus says, great, go get your husband. He was setting her up (laughs) because she said, ah, it's going to be a problem. I've, I've had five different husbands. I don't have a husband. Jesus said, yeah, you've had five different husbands and the old man you're shacking up with now, he's not your husband and she began to realize she was talking some to someone that had knowledge greater than her and see it in our lives that's a place we all have to get to where we recognize we're not know-it-alls we don't have all the answers and what I want to tell you today is chat GPT or artificial intelligence is not going to have all your answers But there is one that knows more than you do. So this conversation ensues and it begins to be a religious conversation. And and eventually this lady is so moved that it says she leaves her water bucket there at the well. And she runs into town and she says, guys, you guys have got to come see this guy who told me everything I've ever done. He's the Messiah. And her life was changed. And then something interesting happens. Look at John 4, verse 39. I'm just going to read these few verses. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. And they then said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we've heard for ourselves. And we know this man is really the Savior of the world. Father, in the name of Jesus, that's my desire. That because we gather here, because your word is proclaimed, there would be many more that know that you, Jesus, are the Savior of the world. Lord, that those of us who know you're the Savior and you've saved us, Lord, that we'll leave more determined than ever to seek you for knowledge and wisdom and growth. Lord, we'd understand who you are as a sovereign God and what that means in our life. So give us in this moment what we need that we don't have. Teach us those things we've not learned. Make us different. And yes, again, Lord, I ask, save someone for eternity today. So let my words be your words and let my thoughts be your thoughts. Because you are the one who's redeemed me. And for that, I'll be forever grateful. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to give you a little bit of a different way to look at this familiar story. Just four statements that affect each of us. Number one, Jesus knows all and he has always known. We're we're talking about intelligence. We're, We're talking about knowledge and maybe even wisdom. Two different things there. But I want to remind you that what we believe, what scripture teaches is that Jesus 
is God. And our God is omniscient. Our God knows all. But that's not a new thing. That didn't happen because of some development at some point in history or in time. God has always been our all-knowing God. In fact, I love how John 1 describes Jesus. John 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word. It's literally a word, logos, that speaks of wisdom. In the beginning was the word, and, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and he was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that's been made. It's describing Jesus. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on Faith Talk Tampa. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.